Paging Dr. Seiler, Paging Dr. Seiler. If you're feeling run down, tired, exhausted by the daily drip, drip, drip of your life savings draining away, the Stock Doctor's Prescription may be right for you. The Stock Doctor's Prescription will give you the ease and peace of mind knowing that you're getting the best possible information. Do not use Stock Doctor's Prescription if you're allergic to Stock Doctor's Prescription or any of its ingredients, including but not limited to wisdom, research, critical thinking, thoughtful discourse, occasional fart jokes, drinking references, drum solos. Side effects of the Stock Doctor's Prescription may include unwieldy wealth deposits, previously unknown relatives, groupies, extended comfort in your retirement, and swelling. The Stock Doctor's Prescriptions are available at Walgreens, Apple iTunes, and everywhere the better podcasts are available. And right here, this is the Stock Doctor's Prescription. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. You're listening to the Stock Doctor's Prescription. And it is uh, the show is being released on Monday, December 12th. 12-12. Yep. 12-12. I honestly, I want to congratulate Lee on resisting doing the drum intro to this song, which is one of my favorite bands I love this song. of all time. His hands are twitching. Arm, arm all banged up, shoulder banged up. He couldn't do it. And he, <laughs> it normally, he can't help it. He would have done oh, it yeah. through the pain. I love playing the song. Uh, it is just... Um, it's, <laughs> just the amount of drumming that happens on everyone's desk, the back of your all chair. The time. Uh, listen, I've been on a flight with him and, <laughs> and felt bad for the guy <laughs> sitting in front of him. No, 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 no. <laughs> He's playing the drums on the seat in front of him. You're exaggerating. Well, we I were... a few screwdrivers in and... I came back know. from... I went to... Hawaii and back. I didn't touch anybody's seat. I watched Cobra Kai the whole time. <laughs> really? So did you get caught up? Uh, that was the last season, the one that just came out. I haven't seen it. I, haven't I knocked it out on the flight to Hawaii and back. I gave it a break because you said it was kind of lame lately. It is lame, but I, you know, I have a tendency well, you're to watch plane. lame things. Nick, yeah. can you scratch the shoulder here? <laughs> you can't reach it. <laughs> Poor guy, man. That's rough okay, stuff. Thank you. I'm glad he didn't ask me. All right. Um, I love him, but I'm, I'm not scared. No, yeah, I don't want you to scratch You'd be like, uh, you see that door post over there? Yeah. Have at it. Yeah. Like I have a, a bum wing right now. Go, so, find, a, go uh, find a tree like a bear. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, did you ever get a scratcher? A back scratcher? No, I did not. Okay. I did not. Right. That should be on my Christmas list. Okay. Uh, by the way, we are recording the show on Friday, December 9th, and it's uh, just before 11 a.m., so 10.52 a.m., and uh, it will be released on the 12th, as we said. But we have a really, really interesting and good show in store for you. We're going to talk about a lot of different things. We're going to talk about it, which something is really, really important, which is tax loss harvesting. We have mentioned it in the previous shows, but I want to just use some examples and how you can take advantage of tax loss harvesting. Look, the market has been crappy this year. We know this. We're not used to having to take losses in portfolios that often. But guess what? This is a year that you may as well take advantage of it for your future. Because you are at some point, things are going to turn around and you're going to have to take profits in either stocks or some of your real estate or businesses or some of the things that you have capital gains in. And this is going to save you a tremendous amount of money because what we are going to talk about today. Right. And I, I, don't, I just want to point out the fact that statistically speaking, we've mentioned it many, many times over the last few months, but we're coming into a cycle, the third year of a, of a presidential change where the market, statistically speaking, has been up in hit through history 100 percent of the time. So you have an opportunity right now to grab these losses and use them to your benefit. So right. do that. And um, we'll, we'll get to that. So we're going to talk about that. Let's talk about 
what uh, the markets have done so far this week because it is what Friday. What a year this week has felt like. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's been really unbelievable because uh, a ton of volatility right out of the gate this week, Monday, Tuesday, market's down. Then you have a tremendous rally. And, um, you know, we're down slightly for the week. The Dow is down a half percent. The S&P less than 1%. The NAS 1.4. The Russell less than 1%. And the year-to-date numbers aren't so bad now. Uh, if you look at year-to-date Dow Jones, mm-hmm. down 3.3%. It's not bad at all. Nope. And we're going to talk about that because what makes up the Dow Jones industrial average? I'm sure a bunch of builders and industrial it companies, has right? Industrials and healthcare, as well as some technology. But it has it has the stocks that have actually been working a little bit better. And what we see moving forward probably working given the environment we're we're walking yep. into. S P down year to date, three and a quarter. The NAS still getting hammered, down almost twenty six. The Russell has rebounded tremendously, only down uh fourteen and a half percent. So that's not too bad. Oh, bless you, Nick. Bless you. Um, so anyway, we are Siler Wealth Management. I'm allergic to losses. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even handle the topic. <laughs> we do this podcast on a weekly basis, barring any disaster. Hurricanes. Exactly. But we hope it helps. And we're going to try and give you information that can help your investment prowess. We're going to try and make you a better investor. And if you need help, if you need financial planning, you need tax planning, retirement income planning, we can assist you in that because... We are a fiduciary. Yes, that's the F word. We are a fiduciary, and what we do is we align, we align in the alignment of interest and transparency. We are obligated to do what is in our client's best interest. Is I what the fiduciary term itself means. So the difference between a, a, well, a right. broker. Uh, yeah, I want to I want to sort of touch on this because a lot of people don't necessarily understand it and we've got other talking heads using the word on, you know, television quite a bit. What's the difference between an advisor or a broker who is a fiduciary and one that isn't? So one that isn't, somebody's for instance, I'm I'm not pointing at anybody saying you don't do it right or anything like that, but right. let's say, you know, a stockbroker, somebody who's gotten their their let's say their series 7 license. All they really have to prove is that something is suitable for you, not whether or not it's in your best interests. Right. So if the market looks like it's it's in a downward trend, but technically you could invest in growth stocks, they have every right to put you in growth stocks knowing that the market is on its way down or trending lower just because it is suitable for you. And I, I have lived this life, and you did too when you started out. Right. You weren't a fiduciary first because no. it was, really didn't exist. Yeah. Um, I became a fiduciary in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. So that was it's a special license. And what that means is, but, but let's go prior to that. When I started working in the 80s and early 90s, I'd have to call a client yep. on a Friday afternoon and say, hey, John, I want you to buy 100 shares by IBM. It's going to cost you 9500 bucks. Are you good with that? Yeah, go ahead, do it. Boom. And I'll say it's 9500 plus I charge you $250 commission. Right. So, and I always, even back then, tried to do it in client's best interest. Right. But- the client always has that, hey, it's a Friday afternoon. He's calling me. Is yeah. he really uh Is it the end of the month? Yeah, is he is it the end of the month? Is he calling me to 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 really he really likes us or needs that two hundred fifty dollar commission? Right. You never have to worry about that as a fiduciary because guess what? We're not making commissions. No. And we are on the same side of the table as the client. So as the client has success, we participate in that success. We want our clients to succeed because we end up having more success. It's also the opposite of that. Right. Years like this, when the markets are down, we take pay cuts. Right. We don't like it. Clients don't like it. My kids don't like it. But our objective, no, they don't. But our objective (laughs) is to try and still, even despite bad markets, to position our clients 
in areas of the market that we can either lose less money or set them up for the next rally because there's always a next rally. Right. We want to protect you on the downside and not be down as much as the broader market. And we want to participate in the upside without, you know, exposing you to all the risk of the market. So most of our time is spent selecting things that are, that are not just suitable, but in our client's best interest for these reasons specifically. Right. That align with their risk tolerance, their goals and objectives. Yeah. Right. And this is all part of the whole planning process. And, and here at Siler Wealth Management, we have CFPs, we have folks that can do your tax preparation. We have an enrolled agent who can yep. represent you in front of the IRS. Yeah. So we, um, we were trying to put this all in-house to make it hassle-free for our clients. One-stop shop. One-stop shop, hassle-free. So all you have to do, if you want to talk to us about getting your taxes done or setting up IRAs before the end of the year or, or, or SEP IRAs, things like that, we can, we can facilitate that. All you have to do is call the office, 407-831-8002. That's 407-831-8002. And I want to just talk about the folks that in, do the, their investing on their own. Sure. The self-directed people. And a lot of folks out there have been doing it a long time on their own and have had success. Have done well. That's sure. great. I'm really more targeting the ones that don't have that great experience and have only experienced maybe a good market. Right. So there's a, a statistic that says the average self-directed investor, people that do it on their own, blow up their portfolios two and a half times. Over their lifetime. Over their lifetime, okay. yeah. What blowing up means, hey, 100 grand, now it's worth 20. Right. That's a blow up, or 30. Right. That's a blow up. And they've done that two and a half times. You know, and it's so cyclical. Over the course of my career, I, the trend, you know, the market starts to do well. People start feeling like they can do it themselves. I start mm -hmm. to get that from from people on the phone. Hey, well, you know, I don't know. We, you know, we pay you and, and we feel like we can do it ourselves. And, and the truth is, in that particular snapshot, they probably are capable. Not a lot is going down. Yeah. However, it never stays that way. But, you know, advisors get paid to weather the storm. Mm -hmm. Right. And and to do what's best for our clients, even when they don't want to. And like, for example, one of the hardest things to do in our business, mm -hmm. and it, it has not gotten easier for me. I mean, it's, yes, okay, I'm going to say it has gotten You're used easier. to it. Right, you're used but to it. Taking losses is not easy. No. no. When you take a loss in, in your account, you're admitting you were wrong, mm -hmm. but you have to be able to admit that right. as an investor. You're, you're not, not going to be right. right. All the time. That's just, it's a fallacy. Yeah. You're not going to be right. You hope that you're you're right six out of ten times. Right. 60% of the time works every time. Every time. Yeah. I mean, if you're up six out of ten times, you're going to be okay. You're doing well. But also, it speaks to the fact that a truly diversified portfolio means that not everything is going to be up. Exactly. And diversification is so important. Right. And why you need some of, the, I know it sounds silly, like a... Uh, you need some of those losses. You absolutely do, and that's why before, it's important. Before we jump on that, I want to mention, though, after the two and a half times for the self-directed investor, I like to refer to them as window shoppers. So they either go in and buy it, meaning they go seek a financial advisor to weather the storm for them, or they just quit. They, they leave them all. Which happens. Yeah, and it lasts, what, 18 months? Mm -hmm. The term that they... Uh, proceed to blow themselves up. I'll tell you the worst part is that I've seen them just leave them all. I've seen them just walk away from yeah. managing it themselves and just leaving everything exactly Not the way it was. Right. People say, I'm going to be in real estate. Right. Screw it. I can do it better there. Yeah. Oh, you know, maybe they can. Uh, let's talk about, you know, we did say this is uh, being recorded on Friday, June 9th. Right now it's 11 a.m. June. Friday, excuse me, June. Uh, December 9th. That's my know. birthday. Oh, Happy see. birthday to me. Uh, but let's talk about what the market's doing right now because we had an important 
headline this morning. The producer price index came out and was a little bit worse than expected, but the market seemed to be taking it in stride. The Dow up three points, which was down, it was negative at uh, 33,785. The S&P up seven at 39,71. The NASDAQ staging a little bit of a rally up three-eighths of 1%, 41 points at 11,123. The uh, small cap stocks are down slightly. So uh, this morning, the Labor Department, <coughs> excuse me, released the monthly producer price index, which basically is giving the prices at the producer level before us as consumers buy them. And Nick, they were the month over month, the year over year, were all a little bit hotter than expected. A little bit. But still showing a significant slowdown. Yeah, it's the slowest 12 month pace since May 2021. You know, we hit a high of 11.66% in March, and this 7.4 is down from 8.1% in October. Something that really caught me by surprise was a 38% surge in wholesale vegetable prices. Helped, That's crazy. Helped push up the food index by 3.3%, which offset the identical 3.3% decline in energy costs. Let's, let's think about it real quick. Why would vegetables, that kind of jump in this... Was it maybe they thought that the rails were going to strike? I and think maybe, it's some of the fertilizer think, that is used for the different farmers that maybe with the rail issues this year... There was, you know, is that possible? Supply you know chain between supply chain between supply chain and a pending possibility of a railway strike, it's it's a screwball world out there. Yeah. It is. I think there yeah. are also less and less farmers. I mean, it's just there's a lot. I think that what? Bill Gates to is this. Bill Gates is still around. Well, look, the, He's the, the biggest um, farmer in the United States. I'm sorry, but he is. The, the I'm sure he really, you know, is out there on the farm right now plowing, wearing and, a hat, riding a tractor. Oh yeah, yeah. The concern uh, with the PPI was that maybe. The Fed, which, by the way, will meet next week, the Fed will – it was a pretty much foregone conclusion the Fed's going to raise rates again in December 50 basis points. This, I think, may give some folks thinking, you know what? It's not as good as he expected. Are they going to go 75? However, I think it's going to be mostly relied on the CPI, mm -hmm. which I think is more important because the PPI is major rear window. Mm -hmm. Look at the rear view mirror. Right. And the, the CPI is, even though it's still rearview mirror, it's, I think, a little bit more important. A little more current. current. I also think that the Fed is primarily concerned with the consumer, at the consumer level. So I think that's why it holds a little bit more weighting. But, I mean, I just also, it's not every data point is going to determine the interest rate hike. It's a, I know. It's a summation of them entirely. It's a macro view of the economy. It's not, I'm so sick of every time one piece of information or data comes out, everybody immediately just, well, what's the Fed going to do? You know what I think is funny? What's you that? know how often I hear her say, I am so sick of X, <laughs> whatever it is. I just love to complain. Yeah, I want to yeah. start keeping track. We, we used to call negative you negative Nick. Nick. Negative Nick. <laughs> she is negative. Listen, I, I, think she I am is... pragmatic. I call it like I see it. Really? Okay. okay. Yes. You didn't tell me. You and Matt are expecting? Pragmatic. I mean, if we got another puppy, I would love that. Yeah, you and my daughter. But it's always fun for, you know, the first day. Yeah, you, you <laughs> kind of need a yard. Up, I remember you cleaning up bitching about <laughs> your dog. Yeah. I remember every day. Do you remember those puppy teeth? Getting, waking yeah. up in the middle of the night to walk your dog. Ugh. And cry, crate training. Never mind. I'd take it back. I'd take right. it all back. And, and that's your rumba. I keep, and your rumba that spread... Roomba, PCs. yeah. Roomba. I keep having this conversation with my wife about having more children. <laughs> but now they have Roombas that it can detect dog waste Excrement. and it can go around it. They got the Dookie Roomba? Yeah. <laughs> what? No, I heard that. that yeah. I know. I know they have. They have. They can sense they it. They smell it. I don't know. Mm. 
I don't know what it is. You know what? If my regular banged up, trashed out old Roomba was four hundred and fifty bucks, the one that can sniff poop, I don't even know if that's on the menu. Well, your you know Roomba's what I mean? Probably, you don't have a dog anymore, so your Roomba's not, probably not. Yeah, my Roomba's my Roomba's living living the good retired life now. It's, it's working kinda, remote. No, nah, it's just kind of hanging out. It'll <laughs> scoot around every once in a while. So listen, uh, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about more about tax loss harvesting. We have a listener question. I want to talk about there's a theft problem at Walmart. Surprise, surprise. Breaking self, news. Self-checkout's not working out so well, is it? So you're listening to The Stock Doctor's Prescription. Don't go anywhere because we are coming right back. I'm Justin Kenny, and I've been working in financial services for over 20 years now and in fee-based asset management for the last decade. The beauty of what we do here at Siler Wealth Management is that we are always committed to our clients' best interests. We don't have any proprietary products that make us a ton of money. We communicate with our clients to ensure your investment objectives and risk tolerance are still where they were the last time we met. I want to talk with you about your goals and assist you with the choices that will help you sleep better at night. Call me, ask for Justin at 888-855-2855 to discuss how Siler Wealth Management can help you meet your goals. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Stock Doctor's Prescription. I am Lee Seiler, also known as the Stock Doctor. Nikki Warder, Megalennials in the house, and this just in, Justin Kenny's here. As always. The gang is all here. At least the kids that are always here. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And our condolences go out to uh, Jared Bocart, one of our advisors who had a a good friend of his who's just in a wedding, and he uh, he just passed away, 31-year-old, with a -a one-and-a-half-year-old baby. So our Mm. condolences go out to that family. And and Jared, I know he's uh, struggling right now. He was just in his wedding two months ago. Yeah, two-and-a-half months ago. Two-and-a-half months ago, right? It's terrible. This whole thing is awful. Yeah. Apparently, he was epileptic. Yeah, had a seizure. So that's really, really bad stuff. Anyway, our condolences. Um, So let's. I just want to dig a little bit deeper into the tax loss harvesting. We we talked about it, but let's talk about real world and how it can help you. Put it in perspective. So the IRS will allow you to write $3,000 off a year, right off of your ordinary income. So if you have a, a tax loss of whatever it is, 10,000, 100,000, and you have nothing to offset that, so you made $100,000 this year in your ordinary income, you're getting taxed on 97,000. That's your wages, your salaries. Yep. That's easy. And so you can take these losses from Various ways. You can take them stock, real estate, whatever. Now, let's do a little bit of a case study. So let's assume you sold a stock, a 1,000 shares, and you had a total loss. You lost Your loss was $10,000. And the taxpayer also owned a stock for three years. So the capital gains and the loss report goes on there as a long-term capital loss. So you owned it for three years. Then he owned a stock, he sold it, long-term gain of $3,000. So in that tax year, you had a $10,000 loss, $3,000 gain, so you got $7,000 to play with. At the When he's doing and filing his taxes, he can take out and, and deduct $3,000 from that seven. Mm-hmm. So now you've lowered your taxable income by that $3,000, then you have four thousand left over, which is a carry forward, mm-hmm. indefinitely. Indefinitely, there's no limit you, right. until you die. Okay, so that four thousand can be used for future offsets of capital gains. 
Let's say you, you have that, you made those losses in the stock market. Okay, so you have a lot. It doesn't matter. If you sell a piece of real estate and you made 100 grand, guess what? You're only getting taxed on 96. Right. So it is a really smart way. And a couple of tips. If you really like, let's, for, go, let's go to the cruise lines because there's losses across the board in cruise lines. Let's say you own Carnival. And you really like the cruise line. You think they're going to come back. The 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 business. You, you believe think the in overall it. the overall industry is probably going to return. Right. Yeah. You believe that. So you can sell your Carnival cruise line, take a ten thousand dollar loss, and take that money immediately and put it in Royal Caribbean or North or uh, Norwegian. Right. That's what we call a lateral move. Lateral move. You cannot go out and say I'm going to sell my Carnival by Carnival options. You can't do you can't do anything with that stock or any derivative derivative thereof. Right. You can easily go diagonal you can move you can do something else in the leisure whatever you want but here's the caveat you will wipe out those losses if you repurchase that investment that stock that real estate whatever the case may be within 30 days right 30 day rule wash so rule. it's a wash rule right so what would happen really bad and this this happened during 2020 and 2021 when kids didn't realize they would buy a stock sell it at a loss buy it back a week later and then they try to claim the loss right right and by doing so, you washed out the benefits of long-term and short-term, just yep. capital losses. Because short-term can offset short-term. Short-term gains and short-term losses can offset each other, and as well as long-term and short-term. Right. Er, and long-term yes. and long-term. Whatever's left at the end, they'll wash right. each other right. out. So, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that okay. was it. So, there's a lot of benefit to it. and It's a way to make a crappy year have some... Some good takeaways. I did it in my own portfolio because I have, put it this way, I have an enormous gain in Apple that I know one day I'm going to have to take You're going to have to take that gain. I'm going to have to take that gain. Might as well bank some long-term benefit from losers. In my own portfolio, I did that same move. I sold Carnival, bought uh, Royal Caribbean Mm -hmm. because I still think that industry is going to be okay long-term. So I took a loss on Carnival. I I made the lateral move to Norway. I did it in several different places. Right. I I mean, so I've I've banked up some losses because now I know that I have some big gains coming. I just want to point out, like, the honest to God truth is I've spent, you know, two decades in this career now. And until I started to work with Lee, I never even thought of this. I never even, you know, you buy quality, you buy the right things, you try to do well by people, by Mm -hmm. your clients. But you don't think about these lateral moves at the end of the year just to give them that benefit. And a lot of people are savvy enough to kind of do okay on their own. Let, Let me take this a step further. Sure. Bond swaps. Right. It's a beautiful thing right now mm-hmm. because you have losses in your bonds probably. Well, I mean, anytime we're in a declining interest rate environment, yep. you're going to have losses in your bonds. So why not sell those bonds and flip them into higher yielding bonds right now and get a loss? Take the tax benefit. That a Bond swaps are a beautiful thing. So as a fiduciary, as people that do your planning for you, as being your personal CFOs, we look at that. We look at how it can benefit you. And the benefit of us doing your taxes as well, we can have easy access to your carry forwards. Mm-hmm. We so, have it all in-house, all yeah. the information that we need in order to execute the right moves. So next year, we can be really efficient. So we say, okay, he's got $100,000 in losses. Oh, so I can take this profit and not worry about it. Right. So it's again. important stuff. It's you're important breaking, stuff. You're breaking up, too, that tax it, like you were saying, as far as you know, in your own personal portfolio, one day you're going to have to take that you know, give Uncle Sam quite a big bite yeah. of the gain in Apple. So if you have something that can help offset that and you can keep more of your hard-earned money, why wouldn't you? Yep. No, I agree. Um, speaking of hard-earned money, just going out the door, 
We're going to talk about Walmart. Poor, poor. I mean, on poor Walmart. Poor They're struggling. Guy. I feel so okay. I, I, I so terrible. For I agree her. with you, but I hate thieves. I hate people that steal. It Whoa. is. It's a pet peeve of me. You can lie to me all you want. All right, whatever. I get it. Stealing from anybody. I while I agree with you because I've been the victim of this multiple times. Yep. Um, I also hate corporations that pay people below a living wage. No, no. And those people still have to go on government assistance. Rob them of a. So I feel that that you their 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 outlook on you you're stealing what I rightfully stole. No. Walmart so crying poor in general just makes yeah, me. Yeah, I, I, I. But let's. I mean, in general, there's a problem because stealing is wrong. You could. You could. What about the mom and pop stores that are getting? Okay. They already got driven stealing, out by Walmart. Stealing is wrong. Stealing is wrong, 100%. We're all on the same page. There aren't a lot of people out there that would go, you know what, I really like thieves. They're, they're, just, they're just salt of the earth. You know what I mean? So here's the point, but, though. But let's point out the fact that, that Walmart, they don't pay their employees enough to live and then get angry when they have to steal. Well, it's not, it's not really... I get that. that. I, I, I get that. I'm not, I'm not saying employees are the ones who are responsible for all the thefts, that, but there is some of that. Well, but if you pay me next to nothing, I'm not going to put my life on the line to if stop you, it. If you pay me next to nothing, I'm literally going to grab stuff on my way out from work that day, take it home, cook it, and eat it. All right, so here's the problem is that uh, Walmart stores across the U.S. have seen an uptick in shoplifting that could lead to higher prices and closed stores if the problems persist. This is per CEO Doug McMillan. He said this on Tuesday. The mom and pops are like, please, please, Dad. please. No, you know what? I love the fact that <laughs> Dad came out and goes, you know, if you kids don't stop doing this, we're going to have to close that. We're going to turn this car around. I mean, I can't believe that theft is causing that much of a problem for them. However, they've done, they've taken appropriate measures. But I, I say this. I asked the people at Home Depot, goes, why don't you have cashiers? Yeah. And they, they believe. Why can't I find a human being in this right. place? The, the, when the self-checkout, first of all, I hate. Right. I hate it because I just don't. You gotta find well, the you know what? QR code. Well, you know what? Half the time, I'm at the store using the self-checkout. It's a home store, and I'm buying a material that requires them to identify that I'm old enough to buy it. If I buy glue for a construction project, if really? I buy... Yeah, they, I mean, you have to be, uh, there's still, it seems to me like every time I go in that line, be it one reason or another, I'm not... glue is so vintage. Well, you know, you gotta, you gotta get off however you can. Yeah, I get it. You, you know, know you're old enough to buy it if, you're, if that's what you're still doing. Target, right. tar- my thing, my point, though, is that it always requires somebody to come over and unlock the machine yeah. while I'm halfway through the transaction anyway. Target is saying the same thing. They said that shoplifting has jumped 50% year over year. And leading to more than four hundred million in losses in fiscal year. So most of the shoplifting apparently is organized retail theft rather than petty theft. So retailers lost almost a hundred billion dollars in twenty twenty one due to theft. Yeah, but that's like almost nothing based on what inflation has done to us. That's like nine pencils, isn't it? Well, and they don't want At today's price. They don't want employees chasing. Thieves. No thieves. No, they don't want that. No, no, nor nor should these guys no, they are should. not making enough money. They're not no. being paid security guard wages. Now, I think I read somewhere, and correct me if I'm wrong. The state of California does not prosecute theft under nine hundred and fifty dollars, or they won't call the police or something. Is that- um, I think I think it's that um, it's not even considered anything worthy of them dispatching for. So you know, it, maybe they're willing to take online reports on petty theft yeah. or so. You know, but California is not wasting their time with little thieves anymore you can if you are living in california and you don't have a job and you don't have a place to live you can just go shopping Make 950 a day you can just go shopping and steal up to 950 dollars a day worth of stuff and nothing's ever going to happen to you 
That's unbelievable. You know, why isn't Gary V like driving around to you know who I'm talking about? No. Nope. Okay, anyway, the guy who tells everybody, hey, go to go to uh, yard sales, buy stuff and flip it on eBay. You have no idea how much money people make every year doing this. Well, something could be said for, you know, swinging by Walmart every once in a while, <laughs> grabbing That's a few things. Is that what the mob did? Yeah. I remember I in college I worked at Kmart. Yeah. Remember Kmart? Back when they had the cafeteria. That, I was that, so that, shocked that, by this. That, that there were always women sitting in there smoking and eating a slice of chocolate cake or you something. Know, I used to work all the different, the later shifts usually because I was in college. Yeah. So uh, we'd have thieves all the time. I'd have to, they would, they would like me to say. They you wanted somebody, you to. They wanted me to follow them around and then I'd make a call and say, hey, Code Red, whatever it is, right. in, in uh, sporting goods. Right. And we'd follow them around and then we'd have the uh, security, security guard. Security guard snatch them before they yeah, leave. Yeah. So we had undercover guys. So we were actually involved. They want none of that now. No. Well, I think that, that... Now people carry guns. Well, the problem is, like, imagine one of your employees gets hurt on duty because you expected them to chase down somebody yeah. stealing something, and now you're you're having to deal with paying them a wage while they're not working. I chased people in the parking lot. I wouldn't. We did. We chased in the parking lot. So I saw something today, actually, this morning, when this news story... I was sort of looking into it because I knew it was, you know, worthy to talk about on the show, but basically this guy said... You know, I, I something that I was told by an employee of Walmart really changed my outlook on things. He said, I was in there one day shopping, and a guy walked in and just loaded up a cart full of DiGiorno pizza. Like, like 20 pizzas, just stacked them on top of each other, and then casually walked out like nobody's going to stop me, and it worked. He said, so I was, there like checking out. I was there checking out, and I looked over at the guy. He looked back at me and said, it's not delivery. You know, and then he looked at the cashier and said, you you don't do anything about those. And he, the cashier said, why am I going to put myself at risk when Walmart doesn't swing by my house to chase after people that steal from me? Right. You know, like if you're an employee, you're earning a wage. Are you really going to put yourself in danger to protect the interests of a giant conglomerate store? No, I, I I, I would hate the idea of somebody getting hurt doing something like that. I think Walmart needs to work on their uh employee relations too i think that they have some issues within safety within their own stores and their own employees yeah. that they should maybe paying a little bit more attention to i can imagine that being a really tough task for such a large company though oh of course you know they're just it's too big to oversee this <laughs> so uh let, let's move on to a listener question we have jack from winter springs and um he is a long-term investor good to hear that and he's on a program already he says he invests monthly through his 401k they also, him and his wife, try to put money away in a joint account, but he uh, admits that that could be difficult to do sometimes. And we know that because, mm-hmm. you know, the the beauty of a 401k or a simple IRA or something that's uh, invisible investing that's coming out of your paycheck, that's a way easier way to invest. I also think real fast, you can do the same thing with your joint account. You can okay. start it with a lower amount so you know that at least every pay period I can afford to put $50 into this joint account. And if you don't see it, it doesn't exist. We encourage people when they come in, they say, all right, we have a retirement, blah, blah, blah. We'd like to save more. Okay. How much can you, do you have discretionary at the end of the month after you pay your bills mm-hmm. that we could put in a joint account and extract that from your checking account? This way you don't see it. And, and it's low, a bill. You pay yourself first. Pay yourself first and automate it, but lowball it. Because if you have extra discretionary income add. at the end of the month, you can add that in too. So I would just say, Jack, that's where I would start. But continue, please. Yes. And uh, so they are in their 50s. So what should they be doing to help out their retirement? And we answer some of that. And do we prefer mutual funds or should we buy individual stocks? Currently, we do own both. So um, he obviously sounds like he's doing the right thing. 
He's got the invisible investing, which is the mm-hmm. 401k. That's a beautiful thing. Not sure he didn't mention if they match or not, but uh, hopefully they do. And check with your company what the match is and make sure you're at least putting away what they match. Because if not, you are leaving money on the table and that is the number one thing yeah. that you could be doing that could really be hurting your retirement. That's a really important uh, point. And the other point is you really have to take a look at what the options are and not just look at what performed best last year and select that. So we do a lot of consultations and work with 401ks. We have the ability to manage most all 401ks. So, And you're in your 50s, so if you see something called a target date fund, please give us a call because yeah. that is not going to be performing for I, you. I don't like them. I think target date. I think, I think it's lazy. Yeah. yeah. It's very lazy. It's the set it and forget it approach that why? Why would you take the easy way? Is the easy way ever really work? Well, not to mention that the study done by Vanguard, who custodies a lot of these 401ks, right, right. they said that over the life, you would yield 3% more per year in your 401k if you had an advisor work with you. Yeah. 3% over 10, 15, over, 20 years. Over your working lifetime. That's it a lot. It really adds up. So uh, your question about mutual funds or individual stocks, sure. Um, there's ETFs out there that are, that are sometimes a little cheaper, and you can really pinpoint what you want to invest in. Those are exchange-traded funds, but that's things that we can help you. If you're already doing mutual funds and individual stocks, as long as you buy quality, I'm okay with really whatever you buy. Do not buy a mutual fund in December. Yeah, especially in a taxable account. That's taxable, a great point. taxable, taxable. That taxable joint account. account. Please, yeah. please, please. I mean, yes, honestly, you know, we've got Nikki is 100% right yet again. You know, pay attention to this sort of thing. You're going to buy something just in time to catch a capital gain that you're going to owe taxes on when you didn't own it over the course of the year and probably didn't earn that capital gain yourself. And in a down year, that's the last thing, that's the last hole you want to step in. No. Yeah. So, Jack, you you sound like you're doing the right things. If we can help you at all, all you do is call the office. You you know, we're not going to charge you to come in and discuss it and talk about it. 407-831-8. Zero zero two. That's four zero seven eight three one eight zero zero two. Also, too, I mean, you are in your fifties. You're kind of looking down the road, and not a very long term horizon as far as your retirement. So, some of those individual stocks, while we we definitely have, you know, some companies and stocks out there that we could possibly see as, you know, something that would fit within your risk tolerance. It's something to be cautious about. Yeah. You know, ETFs are broad exposure to a basket of Stocks or companies would be much better, in my opinion. Smarter, yeah. Smarter. I mean, if one you eliminate stock, single stock risk, right? Which one is stock goes down, and, thing in the world, right? One stock goes down, and that's all you own. That hurts, but you own a basket of stocks, and one goes down. Who gives a shit? Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's true. Right. No, it is. No, and I want people to understand what I'm saying. Well, <laughs> Jack, Jack, these are really good questions, and and this is a a I think this is a very common, typical mm-hmm. thought people have. Yeah. I mean, because a lot of people have corporate sponsored retirement plans and and then they say well what else can I do I hear that a lot and also too I mean if your company or corporation offers you their stock whether that's private or public that can also be a significant concentration within your portfolio sure where again we're speaking that single stock risk and I'll tell you you know early in my career not not in the beginning but early in my career the Enron thing really showed people exactly that a lot of employees largest company in the world, right, right, and it was smoke and mirrors. Yeah, and a lot of the, it, a lot of the employees were buying the stock inside of their plan, mm-hmm. and they got the double whammy. I they talked lost to their somebody. Job. I talked to somebody who's from Houston, yeah, mm-hmm. their headquarters, and it devastated that city. It wiped out as it employed huge tens chunk. of thousands of Absolutely. people. Absolutely, I went. I remember going by the building probably 
15, 12, 15 years ago, 12 years ago. Yeah. And just being in awe of the sheer size of that that campus and that that building. I, I want to tell you a story, and I uh, had a client years ago who worked at Intel, mm-hmm. and he had millions of dollars in Intel. In stock. Like yeah. seven, eight million dollars in Intel stocks. He worked there for many years, and he was uh, an executive. So when he came to me, he goes, I don't want to sell my stock. I want to I want to hold it. Let's use part of it. Let's margin it. Let's kind of use the the buying power from it. Yeah. Because he had a really low basis. Cost basis, right. So it was worth like seven, eight million when it came to me. Intel was maybe like one this before the the tech Bubble. bust. Right. And it got down to that seven million got down to like one and a half million dollars. Yeah. Because he didn't sell Intel. He could have sold half his position. Right. Paid a million dollars in well, he's in New York. He was in New York, so a million and a half dollars in tax, <laughs> and had that money diversified in something else. Right. And I will say that there is typically with some someone like that, they have an emotional connection to the company. They do. You all, you work there, and and they believe in it, and so that's one of the reasons why you know the relationship also has to work for us as the financial advisor. You have to trust us that. Well, as think, well as we have to trust you. And you need to understand that when we give you advice, even though it might not be what you want to hear, in the long run, it's, it's in your it's, best it's interest. It's the medicine you need to take. I'm gonna right. Start, We're trying to protect you from you. Right. I'm going to start matching you guys in our retirement plan in Silo Wealth Management stock. Yeah. Does that sound good to you? No. No, thanks. Okay. I'm good. Uh, hey, you know what? I already I I feel like I feel like I'm already a, a shareholder. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, better, I'm already better, I'm already better, all in. But the, okay. The better the company does, the better I do. The better I do, the better the company does. So we are one and the same. Right. Hey, uh, we had more to to talk about, but I'm gonna save that for next week because uh, we just I mean, we it was have really really good content today. I'm really happy with it. A whole nother show's worth of stuff. I mean, fixed income. Oh my god, that's a whole other oh, show. It's IRA season. I mean, there's just so much going on right Get now. Get your RMDs out before December 31st. Oh, make your contributions. That's Get this done. Very good point on both of you. RMD, required minimum distribution. If you are 72 years or over, you need to talk to your advisor because the penalty on that is very stiff. 50%. 50%. And uh, you can make your IRA contribution, set all that up until tax day, which is yeah. April 17th mm-hmm. next year. Yep. But let's get started earlier. Give us a call, 407-831-8002. This is the Stock Doctor's Prescription. Have a great week. For 40% of all Americans have less than $50,000 saved for retirement. Don't become another statistic. It's never too late to get started. You need a financial advisor who has your success as the cornerstone for all of their custom-built investment portfolios that can balance your needs for retirement with how much risk you're willing to take. Let Siler Wealth Management and the team give you a free portfolio checkup. Call 888-855-2855. Free financial review, no obligation. It'll only cost you if you don't call.